basically the idea is, are you going to give your power away to this created thing that a human being came up with as what's going to rule your life? Or are you going to go within and find that deepest connection to your source in the center of your heart, in the center of your being, and realize that you can manifest whatever you desire in life directly? And then the money and the people and the places and the things and the experiences will show up. But what did the scriptures say? They say you have to believe that that's true. So it becomes a way of training oneself. Can you go into this crazy matrix and still reconnect to the light despite all the temptations to think that this is a separated world? <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to A Life Economy, dedicated to exploring the intersection of technology, spirituality, and consciousness. I'm Cosmo Scharf, and on today's episode, we are joined by author, energy healer, and spiritual teacher, Shariah Fox. We have a really fascinating conversation about the importance of forgiveness, how to manifest the life of your dreams, and the illusion of separation. Thank you again to Neil Gaur for hosting us at the Portal to Ascension conference last year. This was a really fascinating conversation, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. If you're a fan of the show, make sure to leave a review on iTunes or share our website with a friend at alifeeconomy.com. We have an upcoming live podcast on July 17th with my shaman friend, Evelyn Paul, on our Facebook page. So make sure to check that out. That's all for now. Let's get into our conversation with Shariah Fox. Shariah Fox. Shariah, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So we actually met here at Portal to Ascension last year. Mm -hmm. What have you been up to since then? I've been living in Boulder, and I have created recently a course for branding, um, working on combining the art of manifesting with the art of branding and business development for visionaries and heart-centered entrepreneurs. Amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. As I, as I was doing my research and looking at your website, I found it really fascinating how you're playing in this intersection of business and spirituality. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, business is a very central focus of our civilization at this time. Sure. It is how we express ourselves and our creativity. And it's also obviously a place where a lot of issues are arising in the greater culture because of a lack of full awareness of, you might say, the codes of life, the codes of living, how to live harmoniously, how to live in balance, how to sure. create prosperity for everyone sure. rather than for just a few. And so there's a lot of imbalance in what we call business, and yet there's also an opening and an opportunity for everyone to express themselves in the economy in a way that is more heart-centered, more coming from a place of higher consciousness. And so a lot of visionaries and healers, coaches, people who truly care about the planet sometimes have difficulty making the jump between what they're really here to do and making the living in the world. So I feel called to assist that part of the team <laughs> in bringing forth what's within them so that it, they can operate in the world while truly bringing what they're actually here to do rather than being stuck 
repeatedly in having to work and make a living in a way that doesn't suit them or that's not really aligned with who they really are and what they're really here to bring on the planet. Amazing. And what are some of those tools that you are able to teach people when it comes to manifesting? What does that actually mean? Mm. Yeah. So manifesting, um, just to set a little context, my latest course is called Manifest Your Brand. So I've taken the basic branding phases that I've developed in working with clients and turned it into a course that helps people to also learn how to manifest directly from their source consciousness while doing their business. Uh, a lot of times, and I, you asked what is manifesting, so let's do that first. Yeah. So manifesting is the act of utilizing your imagination, your integrity, your inner intent to bring forth experiences in your life that are desirable, that are prospering, that are harmonious, that are beautiful, that are loving, that are um, on purpose and deliberate. And um, a lot of times people use manifesting in their personal lives, but when you get into the business realm, they don't realize that they can use these same skills and tools to create a prosperous, wonderful business for themselves. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of teachers um, who are in this era and in previous eras, and even the ancient scriptures talk about our connection with the source of all that is, what by whatever name one chooses to call that. Sure. And that source is within us, is the basic ten tenet, the basic teaching, and that we need to move to an internal state, tuning in with our own heart, our own mind, to discover who we really are, what our purpose is, hmm. and then to even discern what it is that we want. In the culture that we have today, sometimes it's difficult to know what one wants because of all of the conditioning and the beliefs and ideas and thought forms that are out there about what reality is, who we are, and how we create. So when you talk about source, what was your first experience of it when you started to go down this road that you are now? That is a really great question because actually my first earliest memory is at age three and I was manifesting with God, <laughs> with the divine. Mm -hmm. I was literally speaking to God and saying, do this. And then I was showing off to my parents about it. And I imagined wow. that they were like, who is this child? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like, can you give me an example? Well, I just was, I mean, it was just a little funny thing that I was doing, I was like, I wanted the trucks to move out of the way. And I was in the car with my parents and I was in the back seat and I said, God, move those trucks out of the way. And they immediately moved out of the way. And then I, I told my parents about it. <laughs> <laughs> and what did, what did they say? I don't remember them saying anything. I don't even know if it quite registered or not mm -hmm. <laughs> that I was talking in this way, you mm -hmm. know? And so in other words, whatever happened with the trucks, you know, is one thing, but I had the consciousness at that age to even be thinking along those yeah, lines. Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's, that's extremely early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then right. by age seven, I was doing energy work on myself. I would lay in bed at night and I was, I, I became aware that I was running a screen through my aura to mm. cleanse it. Mm. I wouldn't have called, used those words sure. at seven, but I was aware of doing that. And by 16, I was writing healing processes for myself. Wow. And by um, 18, the earth started talking to me. And then in my 20s, I started communing with the divine in the form of the goddess. I started becoming aware of the goddess and the word spirit came to me in college. And I was like, what is that? 
And then I started having all these experiences unfolding. I studied all the religions of the world and came to some realizations that, you know, religion or spirituality wasn't the problem. It was the way that human beings were using it or misusing or it. Or misinterpreting. And yes. Yeah. Causing havoc for themselves. Sure. And then in my 20s, I had a lot of experiences with teachers uh, who opened up a lot of my healing abilities and things like that. Amazing. So mm -hmm. this is something that has been part of your life for since you were a little kid. Yeah. I've always yeah. been a little weird. Well, <laughs> by the, you know, the, the culture that we right. have now, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. People would basically yeah. stare at me blankly and say, why are you not in California? You ever... <laughs> <laughs> did you ever feel like you didn't fit in? Did your, did your peers accept you or what yeah. was that like growing up so, being this way? It's an interesting question because I did encounter teachings and teachers and beings who helped me put myself apart intentionally a little bit so that I had inner time for reflection and study and spiritual growth and spiritual practices. And so it was sort of, it became a normal way of life. And so there wasn't a lot that I could share with just anybody. And especially back then, that was 30 years ago. Um, but that was part of the training, you know, and I, I wrote my first book at that time around that time, and learned a lot from many people. So I guess one of the things we're taught is, you know, really pay attention to what you say, to whom, where, and when, if that person is actually ready to receive, because some people aren't ready for the higher wisdom, and sure. some people are. So there was all kinds of training like that, and preparatory um, exercises, I guess you could say, and experiences, direct experiences with higher dimensional guides and things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When when you mention that you started, I guess, this contact with the goddess, is that mm -hmm. in, the, in the form of mm. speaking, images? What, what is that? Could you describe what, the, what you mean yeah. by that? So at that time, I was in my early 20s and I was in Taos, New Mexico. And I was at Taos Mountain staying there for a while. And I would look at the clouds and look at the sky. And I just had this sense of this divine mother presence, this divine feminine. And at that point, I wasn't cognizing it in any iconic form. It was more of a direct inner knowing sure. without any symbols or even the idea of a human attached to it or a being or a body. Mm -hmm. It's like the all-embracing love of the mother. Amazing. Yeah. And how how has that shifted for you today? In terms of how I understand the yeah. Divine Mother? Yeah. Um, I guess it's a deepening. So we have Divine Mother and Divine Father aspects of the one consciousness. And Divine Father had always been very strong with me. And I'd been more of Daddy's girl, quite honestly, for a number of years, decades after that. And so in these last years, I've deepened the relationship with the Divine Feminine and the Divine Mother. And I had an experience with what we call the Tathagata. Are you familiar with that word? No. So in the, some of the Buddhist traditions and some of the Eastern traditions, the Tathagata is, is that being who is supremely enlightened and God-realized that being's attention 
is so purely in the consciousness of divine love that he's barely a bridge, he, she, it, whatever, barely a bridge between this reality and the reality of the permanent, eternal Godhead, I guess, for lack of a better sure, word. Sure, sure. And I had an experience listening to the Lotus Sutra where the Tathagata um, just showed me or revealed itself to me in a way that I absolutely fell in love completely and fully. And what I realized is that Tathagata is purely focused on Divine Mother. Mm. And she is she is that love. And you could put a feminine or a masculine on it. And and yet the feminine, there is something very special about that divine feminine. And as I study the saints and sages of India and other places, they worship Divine Mother. So the most realized masters on earth put their attention on that primordial pre-existent unity and love that is love without bounds, an unfathomable unconditional sea of pure love beautiful yes and would you equate the divine mother with the divine feminine or are those two different things in your mind that's that's an interesting question too so we talk about the divine feminine as arising now within our culture our mind the remembrance of all Mm -hmm. that uh, as we've lived in quite more of a male culture um people call it the patriarchy or what have you part of what's happened is the suppression of those energies and they tend to be more in line with our right brain our right. creativity our openness to that spiritual side of life and our knowledge of our innate goodness and um so divine feminine arising in us would be us getting more and more in touch with that feminine curvy curly peaceful flowing loving energy that loves with a great abandon it it's it's pure it's not necessarily sexual but it's the full spectrum of all all love right all the deepest most profound love transcending anything physical uh yet including all aspects of love that makes sense sure <laughs> so this suppression of the divine feminine or divine mother the first thing that comes to mind is the economy and going back to what you're talking about, working with companies and brands. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the state of the economy and I guess the world at large, what, what do you see? Well, there's two ways to answer that. What do I see and what do I want to see? So I'll Let, tell yeah. you, I'll tell you a little story about Straganona. It's sure. a children's book. Mm-hmm. And this book is, is, has some really wonderful teachings in it. And what, one of them is, um, Straganona is Grandma Witch. She's the local healer in Italy, and this is the um, this is her story. And she has students, and she says, "The art of magic is to see and not see." <laughs> <laughs> right, where so, you put your attention. Right, and so as cool. Abraham Hicks might put it, we put our attention where we are. You know. When we put our attention on something, it's going to grow, sure. right? And all the great reality creation teachers, everybody talks about this, Neville and everybody else. And so we can use the contrast. We can leverage the contrast of what's happening in our world that's not good to cause us to further desire something better. Uh, yes. Absolutely. And so when we when we can use the contrast of a negative economy and then birth 
a vision of something new and then focus on what's new, now the universe energies rush in to build a bridge of incidents, as Neville Goddard might say, to bring us that new economy. Yeah, that's a really cool way of putting it. Yeah, and, you know, it's easy to get all depressed and cynical about the way things are right now uh, with, you know, name any crisis, right, with the Amazon or poisoning of the water, mining of all of our resources, everything, you know, going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to view it as well from the perspective of us experiencing a necessary phase of the sort of evolution of the economy and of consciousness at large that mm-hmm. in order to birth um this new better world or life economy mm-hmm. um we have to go through these periods of um disconnection and separation to come back into ho- our wholeness mm-hmm. would you agree with that yeah well the the ancients had codes for living that were based on how the universe is created. I'm currently a student of the ancient Vastu Vedas all the way back 15,000 years is Mm -hmm. the lineage that I'm connected to and studying in. Awesome. And it's the art and science of building architecture, sculpture, music, dance, and poetry based on how the universe flows energy. Really cool. And creates and turns ohm light and ohm sound into manifest form. Mm-hmm. And so they actually built the entire civilization and all the buildings and all the structures to have the qualities of the divine, such as prosperity, harmony, well-being, health, positive relationships, a good economy. You know? sure. And so the buildings that we lived in and the sculptures that we saw and the music that we heard and the dances that we did we're all causing us to entrain ourselves to this higher order mm. of manifestation. Really cool. Yeah. And so part of what we're doing as students is checking out some of the buildings that are here now. And they're completely off. Like they're so and then the the problems that people are having match the shape and the size and the and the rhythm of a building to where you can actually tell what problems people might be having. By looking at what building they're living in. Tell me about that. What, 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 what do you mean the shape of the building? So literally the dimensions there? and the proportions. Uh-huh. And so if you think about a building as a physical manifestation of rhythm and sure. and sound and light yeah. manifested into form right. in a certain way, um, when those when those codes were lost, things started going awry. So thousands of years ago in the ancient civilizations, if you look back to the temples that were that are still here, the old stone temples, they were all built in this way. <laughs> the the quote unquote better way or yeah. the, the more harmonious mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Yeah. And so in other words, I'm just presencing that lightly. I'll be able to give deeper talks on that once I graduate in this to your program that I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) But basically the idea is that it starts from the inside out. What's your environment like? Who are you around? What are the thought forms that your parents have that they gave to you about money and the economy and how life is? 
you know, were there famines that imprinted your ancestors and then brought to you this consciousness of lack? And then, you know, the people, they say in Kali Yuga, which we're in right now, is an age where integrity sort of goes to the winds and people are doing greedy things and they're they're making money more important than right. human beings and the earth and the waters and the animals and and they're acting you know in a way that's causing this disharmony and this disruption to human life and so the buildings would be a part of that but it's it's really the whole consciousness of the culture sure and so we're sort of coming to a crescendo with all that negative energy i guess you could call it and you know when we talk about unconditional love, all of it is a creation that we have co-created in some way. Mm -hmm. And so when we look out at it and we accept that all that is, is as it is, because it is, <laughs> this is the is, is, <laughs> the great goddess, yeah. right? Teaching us, Divine Mother is teaching us to be the all-embracing love of all that is. And that includes forgiveness. It includes compassion because mm -hmm. the suffering that has been experienced is very real. But as we embrace it and love it, then we can collapse the emotional charge in our body-mind-spirit complex about it and then have a chance to create something new. Right. So the science of manifestation, direct manifestation, like people like Neville Goddard and all the others, and even the scriptures teach uh, and are coming back into consciousness. And Vastu Shastra is coming back into consciousness. So the codes of union, that's what I like to call them, are, are being revealed, I guess you could say, at this time. They do call it the time of revelation. And revelation is quite like the word disclosure as well, which is interesting. <laughs> and so we're we're in an upsurge of awareness and the contrast is ultimately serving the whole culture to decide that we, they wish to create in a new way. And so as we progress step by step during this time, and as we keep our hearts opened and, and do the healing work that we each need to do from any, um, what do you want to call it, damage or wounding that's happened from the negativity, we can transcend beyond that and begin to build that new golden age that we all long for. Mm -hmm. we, we know on some deep part of ourselves and in all the myths and legends of the planet have happened in other timelines. Sure. Wow. So uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I want to address the <laughs> architecture bit and then the, the bit on compassion and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. um, I'm reminded of, we did a podcast earlier about uh, domes. I don't know if you, are you familiar with the wisdom, by the way? Wisdom, the wisdom. wisdom is a new uh, immersive art park in Los okay. Angeles. It's very cool. It's mm -hmm. like four or five domes, like mm -hmm. 360 immersive domes. Mm -hmm. uh, like one of the first of its kind. It's really, really amazing. and uh, we actually recorded there and we're talking a little bit about the architecture and history of the domes, Buckminster mm -hmm. Fuller, of course, and, um, th the way in which the energy flows over and through a dome, a rounded structure is much more natural than, you know, a building that stands straight up with hard, you mm. know, edges, which mm -hmm. is, uh, I thought was really interesting connecting it back to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the compassion and forgiveness um, from that place, then there's a reintegration of, of our humanity, right? Instead of us casting other people aside as enemies, uh, it's very, very easy to, you know, continue in this sort of win-lose mm -hmm. us versus them paradigm. 
how important is forgiveness and compassion as we look to evolve our consciousness in the next few decades? It is primary. And it's not easy to get there from the current consciousness, though. Mm. Um, if you believe the world is the way it has been portrayed to be, that there's things out there that are different from you and that have hurt you and wronged you, then it's difficult. It might not make sense, oh, to forgive because a wrong was truly experienced. However, when you dive deeper, into the truths underlying our existence, we start to realize that we are all refracted synergies of the same one being. Yes. And so that anybody out there is a reflection of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it could be reflecting something within our own consciousness, or it could be reflecting a pattern that you've been holding and you keep having those same types of experiences over again. But most people, when I work with them as on the healing level, you're going to notice that these types of patterns were present perhaps in your early childhood or in other aspects of your life, and they keep looping. Mm. So there's a little bit more to how life works. It's, it's not what it seems, we're each an aspect of the divine having experiences, and we're manifesting those experiences in our lives through whatever conditioning is inside of what we call our subconscious mind. Sure. And so that conditioning um, ends up being like the slides in the projector, and the one light that we all are has no choice but mm. to move through those pictures. Wow. And so until we can clean the data and debris that is making up those slides and put in new slides, which is what we actually truly want, then that light is going to keep giving us those images. Now, there have been situations on the planet which have caused that kind of conditioning to keep looping, and we've gotten a bit stuck in it. And this is a whole larger conversation too, but the energies that have been playing the role of the suppressor and the the duality creators, if you will. Sure. Um, have perpetrated, you know, a lack of knowledge. They've intentionally suppressed information. Mm -hmm. And we've also um, not known it ourselves and perhaps hadn't sought. Because when you ask, you will receive an answer. But if you don't even know to ask or what to ask then you might keep looping and tripping yourself up in this game. So regardless of what has been going on with what we might call the control system or whatever else you want to call it, um, you have the power within you to trump it, so to speak. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> Very, I love that turn of phrase. Yeah, it's, you know, the more you learn and discover about the what's going on in the world in terms of the power structures, the banking system, the quote-unquote Illuminati cabal, whatever you want to call that stuff. It's it's super easy to kind of get lost down this rabbit hole of yeah. getting frustrated and making th these, these uh, abstract groups of people into these nefarious enemies. Mm -hmm. But what I love about what you're saying, and I totally agree with you, and it's part of it, you know, my a journey as well as to um, recognize and also remember that 
uh, on some level, we we agreed to play this game of of separation, yeah, and play this game of pretending um, that we're actually uh, not connected to each other. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> It's called the grand experiment, mm. the great experiment. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So that's what yeah. that's what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we decided to have an experience of being many beings, for starters, right? We decided. So in other words, the one light, mm. the, the all that is decided to have an experience of refracting itself so mm. it could experience itself. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line in that journey, it created a feeling of separation mm -hmm. so great that that became the core wound. Wow. It, it never really happened. That's the interesting part. Like, in other words, in the inner planes, in the spiritual realm, the separation never actually occurred. It mm -hmm. is an illusion sure. in the purest sense but a very convincing illusion. <laughs> yes. We had to make it, it so good that we could actually it have the experience. If you convincing. knew all along that all was well and yeah. you were one with God and 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 you were that God, yeah. that being, that one being, then how yeah. could you actually truly experience this concept of separation? It wouldn't be possible. Yeah, so you were talking about uh, the light fracturing itself into all the different various personalities, right? Um, I like to think of, uh, of this metaphor of, you ever see like a light bright board? Mm -hmm. Remember those toys? So mm -hmm. a light bright board has um, all the different colored pegs and then the light, and you can plug in all the colored pegs now. And imagine that's the sort of like wrapped around a sphere and um, each person with their own individual gifts and talents and quirks and personalities they're like a particular color, a particular frequency, a very specific mm -hmm. code mm -hmm. of a peg. Yes. And they plug into the light bright board, but ultimately we're all connected to the same light. <laughs> That's right. It's a, yeah. a wonderful way of saying it. And you're yeah. giving me memories from childhood playing that game. I used to yeah, love that game. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and that one light is shining through all of us. Mm -hmm. And um, we, you know, so so we exist on the simultaneously as... Uh, individuated uh, per ego personalities with all of our amazing gifts and abilities. And yet at the same time, we are connected to this much vaster, infinitely more intelligent um, energy that uh, some would call God or whatever you want, would want to call that. Mm -hmm. um, and... The economy, unfortunately, doesn't really reflect reflect that right, right now, mm -hmm. and it only sees one part of us, which is the the individ the individ individuated aspect of ourselves. Mm -hmm. In America, in particular, is is kind of this great experiment in hyper individualization. Yes, yes, well said. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so yeah, where do we go from here? Right, as we're yeah. starting to awaken. Um, yeah, clearly the economy is based on, you know, getting our needs met and not really caring so much about the other guy, right. like a struggle, yeah. who's going to get the get, more, the good deal and who's going to yeah, get shafted yeah. and who's, you know, and it's a little bit of that, um, 
conflicted dualistic energy going on with it in general and the way it's portrayed, the way even that it was set up and the, the reason it was set up because people end up utilizing money as if it were God. They believe that they can't do and be and have what they want to do and be and have unless they have money. So now right. we've replaced God with this idea of money. Sure. And the new, the new religion. It's a setup, right? Because and in the scriptures it does say there's a phrase that says you you can only choose one master, mm. God or mammon. At that word, I think mammon meant money. And yeah, so so are you gonna basically wow. the idea is are you gonna give your power away to this created thing that a human being came up with as what's going to rule your life? Or are you going to go within and find that deepest connection to your source in the center of your heart, in the center of your being, and realize that you can manifest whatever you desire in life directly? And then the money and the people and the places and the things and the experiences will show up. But what did the scriptures say? They say you have to believe that that's true. So it becomes a way of training oneself, can you go into this crazy matrix and still reconnect to the light despite all the temptations to yes. think that this is a separated world? Oh, yeah. there's there, <laughs> it's a, That's powerful. There's so many distractions here, aren't there? Yeah. Right? And so that's kind of like the best game of all, isn't it? It's like yes. the best, or I should say the best, uh, the best test. Right? Mm-hmm. Can you come here into this crazy, screwed up world with billboards everywhere and drugs and alcohol and TV and bad relationships and bad food? And can you <laughs> can you find 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 and remember your connection to to divinity? Yes, and yeah. can you realize that not only can you, but it's your inheritance to create the life of prosperity that you desire. Mm. And, you know, some people might off the bat think, oh yeah, well then I'm going to go win the lottery and I want to be a multi-billionaire and I want to do it. And fine, you can do whatever you want ultimately if you really do the inner practices to create what you want. But that is probably not really what you want. That's why we have to get clear between what does the world tell us we should want sure. or what does our financial wounding right. make us think we want versus what do we actually want? Do you really want $5 billion in the bank or do you want a happy life? <laughs> do you want positive relationships? Do you want to travel to Italy? Do you want to right. create a new wonderful business that helps people? You know, So we have to break it down and sometimes collapse a lot of the beliefs we have around money. And that's a part of this course that I've created. The first part is actually going into and collapsing all those beliefs and really digging in and figuring out what, what do you actually want? You as a being, it's hard to even know that yeah. in this culture. Or even know that you can have desires of your own that are, yes. that's even possible right. to, you know, it's like so many of us are running around living other people's dreams without even considering that it's even possible to have a life of your own choosing. Exactly. Yeah. The, the false belief system has told us that we should do, be, and have this. And if we ask for more or something different, that we're somehow bad or wrong or um, greedy or, <laughs> you know, 
can you go into greed? Sure. But it's like, that's not, that's not, that's not what that is. You having the desire to express yourself in a certain way and to have a prosperous life is your inheritance. It's your birthright. And you can have that if that's what you want. Yeah. Stepping into your power, remembering your power, reclaiming our power, right, is, is part of that evolution. Absolutely. So anchor, anchor the dream. Yeah. The play shop. Yeah. Which is a cool, cool, cool word, mm-hmm. cool term. Can you tell me, mm-hmm. tell us about that? Yeah. So in the anchor the dream experience, the play shop, we, we've, I've been doing it since 2005. Um, and in it, we decide, we come to a conclusion through a visioning process around what we want to create. So it's not really a mental conclusion. It's more of a receiving a vision of what would be the highest possibility for life on earth. Mm-hmm. And depending on what level we're working on in any given play shop, it might be we're working on the world in general and at large, or we might be working uh, towards creating a beautiful community or helping an organization manifest what it desires, or even on a personal level. Let's take the world, for example. So what we do is we actually look at the group that's in the room. We invite the group to put into the middle, into like a written big notepad, all of the contrast, all the good stuff, all of what we want and desire. So it could be like something that's really, really bad, or it could be something that I really, really want. It doesn't really matter. You get it down on the board, and then we come to a realization of what that particular collective wants to work on. And then we break into small groups based on individuals' passion for those topics. So for example, a lot of times the economy comes up. Sure. And other things like um, community or um, true spirituality or um, education. You know, if we look at the 12 sectors of the wheel yeah. that people like Barbara Marks Hubbard had put out, or I had I had brought through another wheel that's very similar to hers. And, you know, a lot of people do understand this this idea of our our civilization has different facets to it. It has governance. It has science and technology. It has food and water systems. It has land. It has economy. It has governance. It has all these aspects. So we sort of pluck out of the air the ones that we're meant to work on that day on behalf of the collective and then do visioning that allows small groups to each individually envision um, something wonderful (laughs) and what wants to be in what wants to become into our civilization. And so, for example, if the one group was working on the economy, each person would receive a vision and then their task would be to discover together how to turn that into a play to act it out for the rest of the group. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) As if it's real right now. So what are Uh, we doing? We're utilizing the power of our imagination and the energy and the Shakti of our bodies moving around and thinking and feeling and believing where more than one is gathered a new pattern. And typically in the economy, the new pattern that arises in the Anchor of the Dream play shop is that of the gift economy. And so we sort of push the gauntlet. I kind of I guide people to, to expand their vision to the most amazing, beyond belief possible experience we could possibly have. And when we do that, it it goes beyond like trading or bartering or, yeah. you know, any of this cryptocurrency or anything. It's like that's... Right. And it goes straight to, well, we're going to have a gift economy 
What does that look like? What does that feel like? When everybody shows up being them and the whole civilization works. It's a little bit of a leap to our normal mind that that could even be possible. But that's kind of the point where in training up to a more cohesive, coherent, harmonious, unified way of operating together. Yeah. Well, you have to have that vision first to create anything, right? It's like Barbara Marks Hubbard talks (laughs) about uh, first, I forget the exact quote, something, something exists first in imagination, then in will, then in reality. Yes. I don't remember the exact words, but something along those lines, right? And yeah, so the significance of a vision being, you know, you have to be able to see and know what you want in order to be able to to achieve it. That is and correct. that's par for the course with manifesting. Exactly. Yeah. The more specific we can get with what we want, the easier it is to bring it about. And it if we just simply tune into the divine and stay in a state of bliss all kinds of good things are going to happen. So that's one way of creating, right? It's just to get your mind off of all the bad stuff and devote yourself fully to that love within you, whatever you, by whatever name you call it. And while doing that, what's happening? Well, you're placing your attention on love. So now more loving experiences will normally come to you. More abundance, more prosperity, Mm -hmm. more well-being, more grace, more ease, more manifestations out of thin air, regardless of whether you have money or not. And and you can also play the game of being a very specific creator and deciding what you would like. And you can do that with your mind or you can do that with your source connection. So the more the more you can sanction that vision through source, the happier and higher of a harmony it might be. So practically, what could that look like for someone if they're listening now and they have something that they desire mm. uh, beyond just, oh, I want blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, so I close my eyes and like, what, what are some of the things you might, might tell someone? Nice. So one of my favorite reality creation teachers is named Neville Goddard. Yeah. And he says that we need to go into a state akin to sleep. This means we need to get into a very deep state and um, closing the eyes typically is what you'd be doing there and imagining the scene as if what you desired was already created as if it were already done. So for example, what we, what could be an example of what somebody might want? Uh, to elect a particular politician or <laughs> right. to uh, want, get a job or, right. you know. Yeah. So, whatever. so if you, let's just take the job, for example. So if they had a job that they're, they're wanting, they would imagine themselves speaking to the people already in the job, getting their first paycheck and putting it in the bank. Or, yeah. or you know, you could also imagine if it's hard to get into the feeling of that as if it's already real, then you could imagine a phone call. Mom, I got the job, you know. <laughs> and And so the idea is to imagine this scene with all of your senses, mm. with your feelings, with your sight, seeing through your own eyes. You imagine yourself on the phone with your mom, but you're looking through your own eyes. You're not seeing yourself out there. First person. Yeah. And and then you're imbuing it with all the smells and sounds and tastes even, whatever it might be relevant in the scene that you're concocting. And you play that scene over and over and really, really feel it. You're basically creating a hologram inside your mind. Like we are hologram creating devices. This is what this body, mind, spirit does. It creates the hologram and then 
and then the fairies of the universe, <laughs> whatever you want to call that, um, start building it for you. You don't have to build it. They are going to go out and find all of the little incidents that need to happen to make that thing come to be. And so if you're pure in your desire and it feels good and you've checked in with your source and like, yeah, that really is a great thing to do. And that's going to be beneficial for me and others. You know, and you really, you really authentically want that thing, then it's easier to build it that way. So you build the hologram in your imagination and then the universe naturally goes around and builds it out in 3D. Some people might call that magic. <laughs> magic isn't real, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. No. It's, <laughs> it is a very magical experience. It's, it's cool. Yes. It's cool. I uh-huh. believe it. I, I mean, I, I know that's possible. I, I, I haven't quite done this, maybe that deliberately of a, of that process, but mm-hmm. I mean, certainly, you know, all of the amazing things I'm grateful for in my life are, are in one way or another a form of, of manifesting. Yeah. And it's powerful. Everything is. There's nothing that isn't. And sure. So a lot of it, we sort of, like, we're conditioned to know that we're going to have food, we're going to have a house, we're going to have, you know, in other words, depending on how you were raised, a lot of the imagination that you naturally do thinking about your day and your week and your year, if you naturally believe that all these good things you want to do are possible because nobody put a block in the way, then yeah, that's just how you live your life. You don't realize that you're actually creating. So like you said, you're not necessarily doing it deliberately, deliberately, but you are doing it. Sure. And so the art of decoding where the issues are has to do with backtracking. And well, what am I thinking along those lines? Like, what am I actually picturing in my mind that caused that issue to, to arise? So if we take, if we suspend disbelief and take the premise that we have created all of the experiences that we're having in our life, mm-hmm. then we would have to backtrack and decode to understand what caused the glitches. And then from there to to turn it around and decide that we're going to create a new belief, a new thought, a new imagination to steer us in a new direction. Right. So could you give an example from your life of what maybe a, a memorable or powerful manifestation example? Sure. There's one I like to share because it's pretty, pretty definite. Like it's easy to understand. Sure. Um, so this was um, a long t- several, like, I don't know, five, six years ago, I had, I had killed my car. I was, I think it had an oil leak and I didn't realize it. I was trying to drive to the airport and it was like, kerplunk, that was it, done, dead, bye, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And at the time I'd been a very hardworking traveling producer and I'd been giving, I'd been acting in a gift economy quite a bit. So I was manifesting my way through life and I didn't have a big pile of cash to go get a new car. Mm. And so I was like, hmm, what shall I do? I need a car. And so I just, I literally did a script. I made a script that said, um, I love my new car. It's beautiful. It's got great low gas mileage. It's, it, it was so affordable and um, it gets me everywhere reliably. And I made like, I don't know, a minute, two minute tape ranting about my wonderful vehicle. <laughs> and then cool. I, I listened to it. I also created a little video. I pulled in the images of the cars I thought I wanted. And um, I thought I wanted this green or blue Kia or something like that. 
And um, so I, I would I imagine that. And then at one point I talked to a psychic and she said, mm, I'm seeing red. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. And anyway, after doing that for a couple of months, you know, there's two different modes. If you, the repetition of listening to an audio tape over and over every day is going to imprint over time. Whereas if you can really get into the imaginal act and feel it as if it's real and you have no experience and no, no interference or resistance, you could manifest it after one session, but it, it sort of depends on a number of factors. So anyway, in this case, I just listened to it casually for a couple months and one day out of the blue, my friend called me and said, he didn't even say hi. I'm like, hello. He's like, here's $3,000. Go get yourself a car. Weird. <laughs> and I was like, how did you know I needed a car? <laughs> did, did you talk to him about it? No, I don't even remember particularly. I mean, I might've mentioned it in passing or something. Like he knew my car was dead. That's yeah, all. Okay. And I had no idea what was going on in his wow. mind. And um, I didn't ask for any help from anybody right. or sure. anything like that. And so then I, I'm like, yay, it worked. <laughs> and, and, um, phone friend. Yeah. And, and so I went to this car dealership where I was going to go get this green or blue Kia. Right. Uh-huh. And by the time I got there, I didn't realize that the, the, the used car salesman, you know, he was your typical used car salesman. The, 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 the that car had already been sold, but there was a more expensive one that was red in the lot. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I'm just going with this. And I didn't have any regular records because as a producer, as a freelancer, and I didn't have a regular paycheck or anything like that. So the lady there bent over backwards and got me this vehicle. Like she made it happen. Amazing. And um, yeah, it's still mine today. You know, (laughs) it's like, in other words, you you can't make this stuff up. Once you start experiencing sure. it directly, agreed. Then you will, um, you'll know for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Let me just check how much time we have. Yeah, probably wrap it up soon. Uh, yeah. This has been wonderful. Yeah, uh, there I, are a few intricacies to it. Okay, which you know I've got hours and hours on my podcast, and yeah. I'm also on Instagram teaching this stuff. Yeah, let it let us know where where can people find you. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sharaya Dharma on Instagram, it's spelled C H I R A Y A D H A R M A. So, I'm dropping all kinds of information on my Instagram about manifesting and reality creation. And then I've got a podcast that I did last year. I believe I did 52 episodes called Divine Love Wisdom. And we do go a little esoteric like we did today. Cool. And we also touch on the mindset and the techniques and even do some energy healing in there sometimes. And then there's there's some books too. And again, they're on the more esoteric side. Um, and they're available on Amazon. People can find those there. And then, of course, the course, the online course is open enrollment. So people can enroll at any time and start diving in and get into the group weekly calls where we can work this stuff out together. <laughs> Amazing. One last question. Um, just going back to forgiveness. Mm. Um, what what would you say to someone who doesn't know how to forgive? It just it doesn't make sense to them why, why they would even want to do that. Yeah. You know, with each individual, when I would sit with them, we would find a way to help them get into the state where forgiveness could be possible. 
And sometimes it is a process because it involves understanding. And that's why we say comprehension is 50% of the healing. Hmm. If you don't know that you are an aspect of the creator, if you don't know that the loving universe has all compassion for you and all suffering that has ever transpired, and if you don't know that you're worthy of that love, and if you don't know that those people out there are a part of you, it's practically impossible to want to forgive. Right. But when you start to understand that, it's like the divine flowing through us or a healer or somebody like me or thousands of other healers that are here on the planet, poised and ready at this time to help everybody in their awakening, right? We find a way in the moment to open that person's heart enough that they can get the aha that allows them to to transcend that old fear and that old belief. Right. And it's a delicate thing because the suffering that has occurred has been a very, very real experience. And it's, you know, if somebody says, well, you create your own reality, just forgive right. it. You know, <laughs> it's a little more deep than that. Yeah, it's, it's that's very surface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, so it's coming from some uh, understanding or the, just the, the knowledge that we are all aspects of each other. Yeah. Is is one kind of way at learning how to forgive. Yes. In other words, yeah. if you have compassion for yourself, right. then you can have compassion uh, for the other. You if go. you have compassion for the other, then you can have compassion for yourself. Cool. And if you also if you realize that anything that shows up in your life has come to you somehow from some of that conditioning, you didn't mean to put that ancestral conditioning in there. You don't even remember what happened in past lives that caused these patterns. And and you don't you're not cognizant necessarily of how your early childhood imprinted you. So you're not at fault. Yeah. But that's what is the power nevertheless the power is in you. So you reminded me of something I definitely wanted to ask you about. I was reading the description of, of your talk on the on the website. Mm-hmm. Um and you had mentioned um that you know we're connect we have these past lives, ancestral memory, it's all within us somewhere, right? Um, but at the same time, there's this uh, in-between lives memory erasure. Mm. Um, could you yeah. talk about that? <laughs> and is that um, something that we agree to on some level? Or is that, um, you know, some people might say that is some nefarious alien agenda or whatever to make us forget who we are. What's going on with that? Why don't That's we remember? A really great question. I love it. Why don't we remember what this is all about just yeah. right from birth? Yeah. And so, you know, ultimately, when we move beyond this plane or this level of consciousness, we'll get all those answers and we'll see this entire orchestration from completely new eyes. I hope so. Yes. That's my expectation as well. But <laughs> yes. And in the meantime, think about the many lifetimes you might have had let's let's just say that you had at least hundreds of lifetimes sure. in this plane and you know a little bit about the history of this planet what percentage of those lifetimes do you think contain trauma of, of various virtually all of them right and so is it really going to be useful for you to have your full attention on that trauma as you go to create uh-huh. other realities and to heal yourself or is it going to be more useful to be able to more easily put your focus on what's here right now and what you want. Okay. Yeah. 
That's helpful. So the amnesia thing may have a blessing in it, regardless of how exactly it is orchestrated and by whom or what other reasons for it might be. It could be that it ends up being a useful tool for us right now. And then we'll remember if we need to have a past life memory in order to heal something, Mm -hmm. we will. The guides will bring it in either to yourself or to me or, you know, whatever, whoever you're working with. But sometimes we don't need to remember and go through all that stuff. What we really just need to do is clean the emotional charges out of our electrical system. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. In other words, so the that's... main point is to collapse the charge and get it out of your body, mind, spirit complex so that you can create a new finally. I'm getting the sense, though, that y- you may believe that this memory erasure thing is actually f- outside of our control. Or from from some external entity is that is that correct? Well, somebody's running the show behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we ultimately look at it, good, bad, otherwise, right? Yeah, <laughs> we, we might not. It's like, so. In other words, can we even take the judgment off of that for a moment and look at it as everything is here for my benefit? Can we have the belief that everything is here for my benefit? I I can I I do believe that I do believe that, but sometimes it's hard. I understand. Sometimes it's really hard. Yeah, yeah, especially especially if you're going through difficult times. Yes. Um. And and yes, I I completely understand. And this is the conundrum. This is why we have to have these conversations. This is why we um we learn. This is why we tune in. This is why we study. This is why we seek and ask within ourselves to understand what has been going on, who we are, what our role in this time is, and how we can create it anew. Yeah, I like so. So that's that's very helpful. So it's essentially what you're saying is, regardless of whether the lack of connection to our past lives and our greater identity is something that we agreed to for our own benefit or something that we got manipulated or tricked into, regardless of the agenda behind that, um, in some ways there, there is a useful purpose for it in, in, the, in the masking of the d- distracting trauma from all the various lifetimes that That's we're right. currently experiencing. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And so if we can embrace that, as a bit of a blessing right now that may help us to keep our thoughts and feelings aligned because ultimately that is how we create something new. Did all these negative things happen? Well, yeah, we've had those experiences, right? Is dwelling on them and staying in them and pulling them back up again going to help us move into a new place? That's questionable. Look, there's so many other questions we could talk about, but um, I guess I'll just end with... Is there anything, any any final words you'd like to share? So, yeah. So, so this is why we really cultivate compassion for ourselves in this experience. Regardless of who and how has orchestrated and what has happened to create some of that negativity, we ourselves have within us the power to birth new experiences. And that's the truth, no matter how powerful these so-called outside entities seem to be. And so can we take it as a worthy opponent instead of a dualistic death game? Mm. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like 
Can we can we leverage this crazy, crazy contrast? Like who made who thought of this? This was a trip, man. <laughs> you can say that again. Can we absolutely I would love in, to know the answer. Come into the realization of our own inner power to shift that hologram within us and thereby experience a different outer reflection. Are we willing to do what it takes to do that? It may mean pointing our attention away from some of this stuff that's coming out, all this information that's coming out. Now, the information that's coming out is necessary because it's pointing to what's actually been going on behind the scenes. And then that flares up a huge amount of contrast of what we don't want, which gives us the information and the data to very more specifically know what we do want. Actually, we want a government that works for all. We want people in power who absolutely love their job and are doing it from their heart. They don't care if they get paid or not. They're just world servers. They're beautiful beings here to create a new reality with us. You know, they're sanctioned to do this as a, the highest possible service, and they're doing it with love, and they have the world, the whole world, the animals, the plants, the people, the waters, everything in mind when they are serving. You know, in other words, could you spend some time imagining the opposite of the problems? Could you do that? Could you become a visionary steward? Could you anchor in the new dream through your own vessel, through your own mind, body, spirit complex? As each one of us learns how to do that, to become visionary stewards and to anchor in that new dream, it has to manifest. It's not a choice because that's how powerful you are. Love it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Let's all be visionary stewards. <laughs> Let's be visionary stewards. <laughs> Great way to end it. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, with humor. Yes. As always. Yes, and unconditional love and and all love, just endless love mm. to any hurt parts of all of us. Just to re really receive that, receive that love and it's all going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. Agreed. The grand awakening is underway. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you very much. This has been great. Absolutely. My pleasure. Wow, wow, wow. That was a profound conversation. Thank you so much to Shariah Fox as well as Neil Gower for hosting us at the Portal to Ascension conference. We have an upcoming podcast on July 17th on our Facebook page with Evelyn Paul. So I'm really looking forward to that and seeing you all there. Hope everyone continues to stay safe and healthy and we'll see you soon.